Hi there, welcome to Moving by God's Great Podcast with me, your host, Ndambe. I'm very excited to be here this morning. I hope you're having a great morning. I don't know what type of morning you're having, but I'm hoping this podcast will bring you joy, it will bring you hope, it might may bring some sort of light into your life. And as you read by the title, the title of the podcast is really Trusting God in the Wilderness or Trusting God in in the process time or trusting God in difficult times how does one do that we are going to speak about every bit around that now I'm not claiming to be a theologian or a pastor or a preacher or a teacher I'm not claiming any of that so I'm just going to speak according to the word of God and as the Holy Spirit leads and I really hope this podcast will give you some sort of assurance in God and it will give you some hope in your waiting season or rather your preparation season as you wait on the promises that God has spoken over your life as you wait on the prayers that you are praying to God. I hope really it's a word of encouragement. But more importantly, please if you know somebody that might be able to benefit from this episode, just pop them a link and God will do the rest. And thank you for those that have been sharing the link to the podcast. It's truly an honor to have people listen to the podcast, to have the response we had and thank you very much. So before we start, I know it's a topic that most people are interested in. Before we start, let's just start by praying. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, Lord. I pray, Father, that for those that are in the season of wilderness, Father, may this be a podcast that brings them hope to continue waiting, Heavenly Father, to continue trusting in you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that this is a word in season for different people, Lord God, that it's an individual word, Father, that will meet different people at their own point of need in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. You are not a man that you should lie, oh God. Therefore, this morning, Father, I thank you, Father, there is a re-emphasizement of your promise upon your people people upon your sons and daughters this morning. Father, come have your way. May our hearts be receptive to your word and what you are doing this morning as you establish your word and your will in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. So I wanted us to talk about, you know, trusting God in the wilderness. I personally, I have been in the season of the wilderness for some time. I'm going to get into that. But first thing is that like, the life we live here, like it's not predictable. It's not like a life, especially when you live a life of faith. It's not a life that you have all figured out. It's not a life that, you know, it's like very much specific and you know everything that is going to happen. God doesn't give you your life plan book like in your hands, like here it is and have it. And that's also what I emphasized in episode one. And that is why we need faith. But now faith is like you believing in the unseen, the hope. Like you're just having hope that, you know, God is going to come through. And it's like, as we live life, like there are ups and downs along the way. And it's like, it's like, it's not like you don't want to trust God. Many of us want to trust God, but it's like, it's more easier for most of us to trust God when things are feel easier, when things feel good. But when times are feel difficult, when you're in moments of wilderness, it's even more important to trust God, but it can be hard. Let's be realistic here. It can be hard for most for most people. And I'm sure when I'm saying it's hard for most people, most people can relate. It, it may be hard on our perspective as people that have been created in the image. Trusting in God may be hard. Does it mean it's impossible? No. Is it very important to trust in God in those moments when life gets hard or difficult or moments of wilderness? Yes, it is. But here is one thing. God's character doesn't change 
That's the good, the, the good part. And if we can believe in that, the fact that God's character that cannot change, it gives us a firm foundation for us to hold on even when we go in our in, in our in our in our wilderness or we are going through moments where life look like it's hard or it's difficult and the thing is like life can be very smooth like or going smoothly for a season maybe you have your job that is so satisfying your friends and family are healthy they are in perfect health you get to hang out with them your goals your finances your health as well your outlook on life seems quite bright then all of a sudden like life just throws you a curveball somebody know gets sick maybe terminally ill you lose your job like i lost my job at one point but we thank god it was a truly a blessing in disguise a family or a friend betrays you something you never expected and then the things you once felt secure in all of a sudden become shaky and uncertain and then you're like god what is going on how do I then trust God in this? Go- I, how then do I trust that God is good and know like he is a uh, Jeremiah 29 it's 29 11 is still good. I mean, it's still true. How do I trust God when I don't understand what is going on? How do I trust God when I don't see a resolution or a solution to my situation? And in as much as these are valid questions, it's things that really God wants you to navigate. And it's things that God wants you, wants to help you with navigating. Because one thing for sure is that you can't trust God alone. I mean, you can't do things by yourself. And like, for me, like, when I speak about trusting God in the wilderness, I go back to the story of the Israelites. When the Israelites, the children of Israelites were led out of Egypt by Moses, They were so thankful they were out. It was great until they were in the wilderness, a wilderness where they were just supposed to pass through. But then they spent about 40 years. And I'm just like, why did they spend 40 years? And I'm like, it it was their mindset. It was the fact that they didn't trust in the word of God. They didn't trust the promise of God. They didn't believe the promise of God because they were in a wilderness, something that was temporary. It looked like it was permanent for them. And they started nagging and complaining. And they said, no, you better just take us back to Egypt. Right? Just take us back to Egypt. Because here we are suffering. uh, We are dying. We are only eating manna every day. And all of that and all of that. And it's very easy for us to stop trusting in the word of God, to start doubting the word of God, to start to stop holding on to the word that God has given us, the promises that God has spoken over our lives. When things get difficult, when we are in a season of wilderness, it's very easy for us to decide. The first person I'm not going to trust, the first thing I'm going to denounce from is my faith. The first person I'm going to be angry at is God. Because how dare you, God? How dare you? Tell me that you have plans to prosper my life. Excuse me. You have plans to prosper my life. And here we are. This doesn't look like prosperity. How dare you give me a word, God? Some of us question God. God, how dare you give me a word? And then it's now been three months or five months. And I still don't have that word. Oh God, I'm seeking you and the kingdom and your righteousness. And you said everything else will be added unto you. Why are you not adding everything unto me now? And it's not only that it's about timing, but it's also about our attitude during these difficult times. 
And that is why I said in the beginning, as we go through these difficult times, our questions may be relevant based on how we phrase them. But let's speak about the main thing here. What does it mean to trust God? Because I think some of us need to understand the context of what it means to trust God. Excuse me a bit. I'm sorry, I'm taking a bit of my coffee. My, I'm in my tea. Apologize, guys. So I have a definition that I have gotten from um, a website. Thank God to the to 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 whatever. It's called CRU. And this is what they say about trusting God. It says to trust is to believe in the reliability, the truth, the ability or strength of something. To believe in the reliability, in the trust, in the ability or strength of something. So when it comes to trusting God, that means believing in His reliability, believing in His word, Believing in his ability and believing in his strength. Remembers in Numbers, um, I think it's Numbers, uh, Numbers 13 verse 21 or Numbers 21 verse 13. It says, or Numbers 23. So Numbers 23 verse, um, let me quickly just look for the scripture. I don't want to butch scripture like that. And then people will be like, no, she even said this and this and this and this. I don't want, I don't want. I know some people are probably theologists that, you know, you are probably in a theology class and you're like, no, she's misquoting scripture and all of that. So let me just try to get. But I think it's Numbers 23 verse 11, if I'm not mistaken. If it's not Numbers 23 verse 11, I'm so sorry, but I believe it is. I don't want I don't want a butch scripture I think it's numbers 23 verse 11 no it's 19 it says God is not a man so he does not lie he is not a human so he does not change his mind has he ever spoken and failed to act has he ever promised and not carried through listen I receive a command to bless God has blessed and cannot reverse it First of all, the Bible clearly tells us that God is not a man that he can lie and therefore he cannot lie and that he always keeps his promise. And also from that, God, because he has already chosen us in Genesis 1 as creation, tells us how much he loves us. And you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, verse 11 says, um, uh, God has plans for our lives, plans to prosper us, prosper us, to bring us a future and a hope and not to harm us. So that means God loves you that much that he has your future mapped out literally with all the blessings and all the good things he wants to give you as his lovely son, as his lovely daughter. So he has good things in store for you. And so trusting in him, it means that you believe what he says about himself about the world as well as about what you are and who you are and what you will get so trusting god firstly it's more than a feeling it's more than how you feel about god trusting god doesn't have to do on whether or not you feel good about that season or you feel bad it's more than a feeling it's a choice 
to have faith in what he says even when your feelings or your circumstances would have you believe something different that's why i'm saying it's more than a feeling it's beyond your feeling it's choosing to have faith it's choosing to believe in what you cannot see even when your feelings are otherwise even when your circumstances believe something different and it's not for for us to like invalidate your circumstances or your feelings here they matter and they are worth paying attention to god cares about them both but those things alone are not reliable enough to base your life on if you base your life on feelings if you base your life on your current circumstances and not god you will keep sinking you will keep slumbering you will keep crying in the deep of your feelings and your circumstances and that is not what god wants you to do The reason why we can't rely on our feelings, know our circumstances or our situations and base our life on that is that they are not constant. They are not consistent. They can change at any moment, even within 5 seconds. This moment you feel sad, and imagine if you you base your life decision on being sad, right? And then the next 10 minutes now you are happy. And now it's like now you change you need to change your life decisions again. It's like they can change in a matter of an instant. But God on the other way he doesn't change. He doesn't waver. He doesn't change his character. He's the same today, he's the same yesterday, and he will be the same tomorrow and forevermore. And as a result, it's really that God is worthy of trust. He is worthy of your trust. Because why? He's the most consistent being ever in your life. God is the most consistent. He's not a person, he's a real person in the Holy Spirit and he came in the flesh. But God is the most consistent. I don't want to say he's a thing, but God is the most consistent um God you will ever have in your life. He doesn't change, he doesn't waver, he doesn't change his character, he doesn't switch up on you. He's always the same. Today when you come to God is the same. Tomorrow when you go to God is the same. His word is the same way. It doesn't change based on our season. Today's word is the same. Jeremiah 29:11 is true today. Numbers uh, 23 verse 19 is true today. Uh, Deuteronomy verse 31 uh, verse uh, I mean chapter 31 verse 6 and 8 is true today and tomorrow and forevermore. So trusting God, I'm not saying it's about ignoring your feelings or reality. No, that's not what we are saying. We are not saying be in denial or be oblivious. It's also not pretending that everything is okay when it's, it isn't okay because we see when we read um when we read Amos 9 verse 13 to 15, we see God acknowledging that things were not fine that why he said I'll rebuild the city. I'll rebuild, I will redo. That means when he's redoing is because he recognizes that at that moment things were not okay. That's why he said I will rebuild the ruined cities. And that means God will rebuild. God is not one that denies that your situation ain't good. God is not one to make you be in denial that right now things are not well, but it's him knowing that in things that being well, he can still redo and restructure and restore whatever is not good so that it aligns with the standard that he as God wants it to be. So trusting in God is not pretending that everything is okay when it isn't. But trusting God is living a life of belief in in ob- and obedience to God even when it's difficult. It's you saying I acknowledge I don't feel good, but in this moment, 
I believe in the reliability of God. I believe in his word, which is the truth. I believe in his ability to do. And I believe in his strength to carry out great exploits. Because that is God. That is who he is. That is his character. He's consistent in our life. He's unwavered. He doesn't shake. He doesn't change and fluctuate based on our emotions. Why? Because he is God. And on that basis alone of him being God, he can be trusted. Human beings can't be trusted like the way we trust God. Why? Because they are flesh. Because based on situations, they can switch on us. But God cannot. So now let's get into the crux of it. Why is it important for us to trust God? Because if we don't trust God, we will be forced to trust in other things and rely on other things other than God. And once we start relying on other things other than God, we start making idols out of these things. Or we start yearning to go back to places that God has saved us from. We start yearning to go back to the places of Egypt because the place of Egypt is what we know in our life. I remember there was a point in my life where things were not really going well. Um, I just got off my job. And when I got off my job, it was really a toxic environment. I'm going to be very honest. It was really like an unhealthy environment. I was bullied for my faith. I was bullied merely because I knew my work to a certain extent. Things were said to me which were inappropriate. It was just a lot of um, corporate toxic bullying culture that I've had to experience. And when that, that I, I wanted to leave that job, both me and my friend wanted to leave that job. We knew it was time up, but I was like, no, I need to have this amount of money separate from my savings for me to be able to move out of this place. And I feel like God did what I couldn't do because I was also afraid. No, God, if I leave this job, like, what will be the source of my income? How will I pay my rent? I, like, moved out. How will I pay my rent? God, like, how? And in that moment, like, I didn't trust God. That's the truth. I trusted the job. And I trusted the money I got from it more than I could trust God. Because through I knew I was supposed to live. Like I knew. But I was like, I'll wait until December. By then I have how much, how much that I have saved. Apart from my other savings. And then I can move out. And then I will have um, uh, six months for me to start looking for employment opportunities. And God was like, nope. Since you decided... You are not going to trust in me and you are going to trust in this job for provision more than me. Let me see what would happen when I remove the job. And God literally removed the job. And the funny part is I had so much peace. I had so much peace about it that I didn't even make a fuss about it. I didn't make a fuss about it. And the truth is, in that moment of me looking for another job, God sustained me beyond, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all things. I can think or imagine. Like, the amounts I'll be like, wait a minute. I didn't have to touch the money I saved up like that. Like, God came through. I'm able to pay my rent. I'm able to do all the other things. I'm able to move around. Like... And I'm like, had I trusted God? And I think for me, that situation was all from there on. If God tells me, my child, 
It's the end of your season here. It's the end of your time here. And we are going to walk into the wilderness before we get into the promised land. In my season of wildernesses, do my emotions and my feelings and my circumstances look like they are negative? Of course they do. Do I feel like I'm scared? Do I feel like I don't know what's going to happen? Sometimes do I get nervous? Yes, I do. Do I choose to believe in my feelings and circumstances? No, I don't. I speak the word of God. I said, God, you have plans for my life. God, you are not a man that you should lie. God, you have told me and you have brought it, uh, you, you, you have dropped it in my spirit that it's time for me to close this chapter of my life. So God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm believing in you. And I just want to speak to anybody that is in a, a moment right now where you are closing over chapter or you have closed over a chapter of your life and you feel like you have been in that chapter for such a long time. You feel like you have been in that moment for such a long time. You feel like it has been a source for such a long time and God has sustained you in that chapter. God has sustained you in that place that was your promised land for such a long time. And in this moment, God is saying, my son, my daughter, it's time for us to move to the next thing. And you're like, God, how do I move to the next thing? How, where is the source coming from? I'm here to tell you this morning, God is the source. And for as long as the source tells you it's time for you to move out of that place, you better believe the source. You better believe it's time for you to move from that place. You better believe that it's time for you to move from that place and move on to the next thing that God is doing. Because what? You don't want to prolong God's assignment. And let me tell you one thing. Late obedience is still disobedience. And you don't want to be disobedient to God as a child of God. So if God is telling you, let's close off this chapter. I know it's hard for you to trust God because it doesn't look like there is a way out. But I'm here to speak to you, my love, that there is a way out. And how do I know? Because the one has brought, that has brought you to that place, the one that is telling you it's time to close that door and leave, is the one that would walk th- with you through the process you are going to go through before you step in the promised land again. The one has, that has told you to close that door. The one that has told you to hand in that resignation. The one that has told you it's time for you to leave that company. Knows exactly what is in the next chapter of your life. He has already gone before you. And he knows he's already in the future. He knows exactly what is in there. All that is left for you is to trust God. And I think also some of us at times, the reason why we don't really want to trust God is because we haven't been good stewards when there was provision in the season that we were. And here is the thing I always tell people, you ought to be a good steward. You ought to be somebody that saves and it's not only money, it's the resources that God gives you in your life. That can come in different ways. Some of us squander everything as if you are not a child of God. You squander everything as if you are not a child of God. And I don't know who this word is for. But some of us are in a moment where we are about to come to an end of a chapter. And I'm here to tell you, you better be a good steward of what God has trusted you with. Because there is a wilderness that is coming. And in order for you to survive in that wilderness, there will be a need for you to go to the things that God has has given you. And to go to the savings, not in terms of money, but savings of resources of your stewardship as God has entrusted you with things. Some of us... It's not that we don't trust that God is going to provide. It's the fact that we know that even when God provided before, we squandered everything. And I'm here to bring you the good news. Irregardless of that, God will still sustain you in the wilderness because he's walking with you. 
And we have seen God do that for the Israelites. He gave them manna. They had food. In as much as they became a little bit unappreciative, which is what some of us do in the wilderness, we start complaining. God, I have sent out 40 applications. I have sent out how many, how many applications? You know, I always tell people, my last job that I had before I resigned, I sent out about, I think, 40-something emails. And only three came back. I would sit every day and send out emails seeking for a job opportunity. I, I, I'm a shoot-my-shot type of person, and I believe if the Holy Spirit go before me like God is already in it, and if God tells me it's time for us to over, to close this chapter of our life, and I knew, and I've always told my colleagues that, I was there for a season and that season was five months and it didn't make sense even now I look because like what I was saying that I didn't have a job I didn't have some sort of security that this is where I'm going but I knew in five months God wanted me to do what I'm supposed to do in that place and we needed to move on to the next thing and we did exactly in life in I mean not in nine in five months God moved me from that place And it's not that it was a toxic place. This place was a very healthy place. But I feel like the relationships I have formed in that place were destiny relationships until now. And I'm still grateful for their impact upon my life. I'll forever be grateful for them. And I want to tell you, it's not your responsibility to think about how you will survive in your next season. in In the stage of being processed by God for the next thing. It's not your responsibility. It's God's task. It's God's own to think about how you will be sustained in that. So let's get to the main thing now. How do you trust God? Now that you know, obviously, there's a need for you to trust God in your seasons of difficulties and wilderness and in that, in the, in that stage of process. How exactly... Can you do that in your everyday life? First first thing first, you know, when you trust somebody, even like in life, hey, like you feel comfortable being quite honest with them about anything. God is actually even much more reliable than even that most trustworthy person you have in your life. So when things feel difficult, he doesn't ask you to keep your feelings to yourself. In First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What are we saying? What you feel about God? What you feel in that moment? Let God know. Let God know how you feel. Let God know. Stop keeping it to yourself. Let God know. God, this is how I feel. Today I feel sad, God. Today, God, I'm panicking. Today, don't keep your emotions to yourself. It says cast all your anxieties. It doesn't say cast all your fabricated emotions and fabricated feelings and, you know, self-made up, self-righteous feelings on him. It says your anxieties. Anxiety is not a good thing. Anxiety is not a perfect thing. But it says because he cares for you. So the first thing is to bring everything to God. We read in Psalm 56 verse 8, it says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That means David was speaking about how God 
knew all of the moments he was sorrowful. What does that tell us? That it's okay to let God know of your sorrows. Crying is not, it's not you having unbelief in God. That's why I'm saying your feelings are valid. They just cannot be your foundation of belief in life. They just cannot be your foundation of living. It's okay to acknowledge your emotions, but it's not okay to center your life around your emotions. And because God loves you, you can show your trust in him by talking about all your feelings and circumstances to go with him. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the smiling moments, the sorrowful moments. And how do you do that? Through prayer. Speak to God. Prayer is a way of conversating with your father. He is Abba Father. He hears you. He is your father, your very own like personal father. So when you speak to him, have a conversation with your daddy. You say, daddy, things ain't well. I don't feel good. I'm sad. I feel sorrowful. I'm heavy. My emotions are heavy. But don't let your emotions rule your life. Bring them to God so that he can help you address them. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in the wilderness and in difficult times, it's thinking it's our responsibility to alone address our emotions. Once we start addressing our emotions, we circle our life around it. And that's not what God wants us to do. He needs to help you. He gives you all the strength. He said, my strength is made, uh, the, the word says, my strength is made perfect in, your, in my weakness. In moments of weakness, God will strengthen you. And he's not disappointed or frustrated about your struggles, doubts, or pain. He cares about you and you can trust him with those things. And when you trust God, you go to God and his word when life is hard. You don't go to alcohol. You don't rush to your friends first. Have a con- I always say try and have a conversation with your father first before you have a conversation with those that he has created in your image. And maybe if you can't, then obviously reach out to your community so that they can assist you. You also act on obedience by doing what God says in his word and trust that he'll ultimately take care of the rest. The thing is, some of us carry burdens with us. Some of us carry our worries and anxieties with us. And what did he say? Cast all of those to him. So that what? He carries them. He handles them. And when you cast them unto God, you don't cast them and then you pick them up again from that altar and continue carrying them. No, you leave them there. You will leave them there because when you leave them there, your father will handle them. And in trust, when you trust God, you don't look for security in other things like alcohol, like drugs, sex, relationships, um, hookups, um, and all of these things are, you know, God's the mother. All of these things that this world is now promoting in crystals, in manifesting, in yoga, and all of these things. I know it's getting messy for some of you. You're like, ah, even yoga is not biblical. No, yoga is not biblical. Um, unless you are meditating on the word of God. But that whole thing that people do there. Okay, fine. Personal? Uh, no, I, I don't go for those things. Yeah, I just thought, yeah. In other things, crystals, uh, all of these things that people do witchcraft um you know manifesting the universe conspiring in my favor no honey you don't look for security in other things you look to god to hold you securely in difficult circumstances that's what you do in those difficult circumstances you are secure in the lord and you won't do this perfectly but god is kind and patient with you while you learn to trust him
He doesn't expect you to get a hang of it immediately. He doesn't expect you to have it all perfectly. But he's kind enough and he's patient. You know when Jesus play, uh, I mean sorry prayed in the I think it's it's in the garden of Gethsemane. Well, it's something we find in Mark 4 verse 30, Mark, Mark Mark chapter 14 verse 34 to 36 and also like in all the other gospels. It says going a little further he fell to the ground and prayed that if it's possible the hour might pass from him. He said Abba Father he said everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me yet not what I will but you what you will this was jesus jesus the ultimate jesus god in the flesh saying god if there is any other way for you to take this to do this take this cup from me because why it wasn't an easy cup for him that is him acknowledging that it's not easy for him to carry what he does but see what he said he said yet not what i will but what you will god not yet what i want not what makes me feel good but let your will be established and be perfected even through this 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 moment of me carrying this heavy cup and that is an attitude and that is how we respond in our moments of wilderness in our moments of difficulties yes god it's difficult yes god i'm overwhelmed but god not my overwhelming should sustain god not i just don't want you to take this overwhelming feeling over me god just let your will be established in this And even what we also see is that even Jesus himself when he felt overwhelmed by what was before him he went straight to his father. So we know God cares so much about our hurts. He pays attention. And that is the one of the most comforting thing is to know that God of the heaven and the earth is also paying attention to you. And one of also the most comforting thing is knowing that God will strengthen you and your trust in him. during times of hardship and the unknown so i'm going to share a little bit on the practical ways on how to trust god now i'm not saying these are the only ways but these are the ways i feel like i should share with you the first thing is to seek truth in scripture scripture or the bible is god's word we know god's word is true and god knows you need somewhere to go when you feel unsure and that place is is his word because it's unchanging and completely trustworthy the bible records way, ways in which god has responded in difficult times for people in the past so it reminds you that he is trustworthy in whatever circumstances you are, you are you are you are facing i think most people the reason why our wilderness is so hard is because we don't go to his word there is comfort in the word of god And many people even in scripture reference other parts of scripture to in- encourage themselves and those around them. That's why there is a gift on, of exhortation. It's encouraging other saints in the faith. Also the reason why we mostly have this podcast. And the truth of the scripture frees you from expectations of ending your salvation. It frees you from the un- unrealistic scenarios that you run to in worry. And if you don't rush to the words to remind you of truth in difficult times, it's easier for you to be led into lies about your life and who God is by the enemy. If you don't know his word. When Jesus was tempted, ne, and the devil came to him in the wilderness. 
when he was led into the wilderness and tempted and the devil came upon him if he didn't know his word he could have believed what the, the what the devil was saying and he could have followed what the devil was saying but he knew his word and he said no no if the word says that men shall not live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of god that is the word God spoke Jesus spoke the word and it's very important that in our moments of wildernesses in our moments of difficulties we speak the word of God and you need a strong foundation of scripture to stand on especially when you feel uncertain and the bible and, and God's word is unfailing and it's an unchanging word and that is why in your seasons of difficulties in your seasons of wilderness in your seasons of worry you better cling on the truth which is the word of God in moments when life throws you a curveball and so seek the truth where in scripture so read your scripture number two, confess unbelief this is a controversial one because especially in the faith community we don't like being honest enough and acknowledging that there is a part of us that, that has so much unbelief be honest allow God to remind you who he is and what he promises and then be honest with him you can tell how you can tell God how you feel in what areas of your life you are tr- struggling to trust in him the reason why you struggle to to do whatever to, to to trust in the promises of God is because there is a sense of unbelief in you in that God can provide in that area of your life the reason why I didn't want to leave my job is because I didn't fully believe I knew he will provide but i didn't fully believe that he will provide outside of my job i'm just being honest here so it's very important firstly to acknowledge that his character is good and trustworthy you can agree with him that all he says is true you can also tell him when it's difficult for you to believe according to mark 9 a man brought brought him some his son to Jesus for healing from being possessed by a demon. He asked Jesus to heal him if he can. I think he said if you can. Teacher, I'm like, what do you mean if he can? Like Jesus can. And then Jesus asked the man if he did not believe that Jesus could heal and this was his reply. Immediately the father, the boy's father exclaimed, "I do believe. Help me overcome my belief." That's Mark chapter 9 verse 24. And that right there is something that most of us need to do in our seasons of wilderness. He said, "God, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief." He believed but it was a difficult for him to believe so he asked for help from god and some of us need to come to a place we say god help me believe that what you say is truth god help me believe that jeremiah 29:11 is true it is one thing to know the truth that god will and god can but it's sometimes too hard, hard to believe it when life takes unexpected turns you are human And you are able to confess to God when your feelings and beliefs are not lining up with this truth. It's okay, confess that to God. Repent. You can ask him to help you believe when you, that what, what he says is true. This helps you to accept that God is bigger than than what the, than you could understand. The confession helps you to humble yourself and allow you to grow in trust because he hears your request and answers them. He wants to help you grow your faith. 
The number three, the most important one as well. Share your concerns with community. God didn't create you for isolation. He created you for community. That is why he didn't let Adam be alone. He created Eve as a helper and he created Eve as a relative being for Adam. So God created us for community. You are not created by God to be facing difficulties alone. Firstly, you have the most important companion who is God and he's working with you every step of the way. And he also gives you other believers to walk in. I pray that God will give you people that you can walk with in the faith. I pray that he will bring people in your path that can be your friends, that can encourage you, that can pray with you. I pray that he gives you people that you can call at 2 a.m. when you are anxious to just say a prayer for you. I pray he gives you a community that you walk with. I pray that you get planted in a church that is that, that will give you people that you walk this journey with or faith with. I pray that he, you know, he brings along people that you can trust, people that you can rely on. Paul was a follower for Jesus and a leader in the early church. He shared this with the fellow believers' encouragement. He said, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. That's Philemon 1 verse 6. That's relationship right there. That's community right there. Paul reminded his friend that partnership is important and help us to have a greater understanding of God and his plan. Why? Because it's only in partnership and community that iron will be able to sharpen iron. Because if irons don't meet in partnership, if irons don't um, meet in community, then iron won't be able to sharpen another iron. So when you're struggling... Share those concerns with another believer so that they may exhort you, so that they may help you in pursuing your relationship with God regularly, 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 sorry, and may, may be able to remind you of the word of God. And you do not need to share your struggles with everyone. Please, please, please. I'm not saying go lay out all your secrets and all your issues with everyone, but find those people that you can trust and those may be able to encourage you. Don't just tell you, and don't don't, don't the people that want to tell you what you want to hear. You are not looking for followers. You need community. Community holds you accountable in as much as they love you. Community tells you the truth in as much as they love you. The thing is, most of us want followers and want people that will always agree with us. You want people to worship the ground you walk on. And that is not community. Get a community that sharpens you. Get people that are able to call you out on the nonsense that you do. I have friends who are like Ndambe. Your way of communicating, my sister, is too harsh. You are rude. You are very rude in your way of communication. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. Fellow fellow believers remind you of God's character through the encouragement and accountability. They can pray for you and support you. They can remind you of the truth when you're struggling. Community reminds you that you are never alone, even in hard times. They walk with you. They pray. They intercede for you. I have friends that intercede and pray for me. And that is how community is supposed to be. They hold me accountable. They will ask me, Ndambe, you said you will do this. What happened? Number four, remember God and spend time with him. God is bigger than your circumstances. I know difficult times sometimes feel like they are going to last forever, but they are all temporary. But God is present amid the bad times as well as the good. And one thing about God is that he's very faithful. And while God wants you to go with him in your circumstances, he wants you 
to come to him and simply spend time with him. And so, you don't let your circumstances shape your relationship with God. But God, and this is the good part, this is the good news, can shape your view of your circumstances because he is God. So spend regular time with God. Establish a consistent time with the Lord when things feel good and when they don't feel good. Because especially, it's very important that you establish that consistent time with the Lord when things feel good. Because this will help you continue to go with him when things feel rough. You can't try and be consistent in your relationship with God when life hits rock bottom if you were not used to spending time with God when you're on the mountaintop. And so when you are on that mountaintop, create a consistent relationship with God that it becomes something that you are used to, to spend time with God so that when moments get difficult, you get to the thing that you are used to, sorry, that you are used to, which is basically you spending time with God. If you have not established that uh, until now, it's never too late to start. Start it now. Have intentional, consistent time with the Lord. Read his word. Spend time in prayer acknowledging who he is. Meet with other believers and set your things on things that are bigger than your circumstances. Serve those around you. The simple practices will really help you to see God outside of difficult things. And will establish your trust in your heart. And will move you in your circumstances. And he will move you into your, in your circumstances. God will lead you. But do something beyond your emotions. Do something beyond what you want and what you feel like. And that's why I said in the beginning, serving God is not about you. Number five, look for things to be grateful for. I know it's very difficult in difficult circumstances because it feels all-consuming at times. And it's really sometimes hard for us to see past our circumstances or to see past other things. But God's grace is in all things. In your waking up, in your sunny day, in a call from a friend, he's in all of that. But sometimes our good times are overshadowed by the complicated things and the difficult things and the wilderness that we are going on. The Israelites didn't even think they were walking to a promise when they were in the wilderness. It was a seasonal thing. And that's what I always want to say. Difficult moments, wilderness moments are seasonal. In the face of all these difficulties, God shares his will for you and how you should respond to them. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. God calls you to give thanks. Why? Because he's always walking in your life and in the world. And in the moments where everything appears to be falling apart, it can really be hard to see how the good father he is at work, but know that his mercy is consistent. So give thanks. Because in giving thanks, you are fighting the lie that everything is hol- oh, it's horrible. Sorry. Even in tragic circumstances, there will be light and grace and God is present. So how do you give faith? One practical way I can tell you, even with prayer, the last point and remembering God and spending time with him gets especially for look for things to be grateful for I always say get a gratitude journal I feel like every person needs a gratitude journal write every morning the things that you are grateful for 
and you'll find that there is actually much to be grateful for in life. The fact that you woke up because other people didn't. The fact that your mom and your dad is in perfect health and they are still around. The fact that you have a family that loves you, that's something to be grateful for. The fact that there is a friend that called you to check up on you, that is a blessing in its own self. And you need to be grateful for that. I would always say, get practical, get a gratitude journal and write what you are grateful for. Every morning, every evening, the little things and you see that there is actually much more to be grateful for in life than just nagging and complaining about everything. Number six, walk in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in anyone who trusts in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is your constant helper. That's what Jesus said. He said, I have left you with a helper. And in him, in him being your helper, he points you to Jesus. It says when Jesus was telling his followers that he was going to be killed, he knew that they would be worried. They would feel scared about being left alone. So he shared with them to give them in comfort that we find in John chapter 14, verse 26. He said, by the advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. An advocate is somebody that pleads your case in court on your behalf. What are we saying? That means God has left us with the Holy Spirit that is consistently and continuously pleading our cases in this world. So the Spirit comforts you and reminds you of the truth. It will remind you of everything I've said to you. And what Jesus has said is the truth. The Spirit will also lead you in obedience and He will bring direction to you. There is a common struggle we all face in difficult times and it's feelings of hope, helplessness and worry about the unknown future because what? Faith requires you believing in the unknown and trusting that God will come through even though we don't know what you will come through, in what ways it will come through. The leading of the Spirit can ease the struggles by guiding you to, to acts of obedience. He doesn't always give you the big scripture but he will show you the next step. I think sometimes you want the Holy Spirit to hold the placard and say, this is how you do it. This is how you go about it. And God is like, no, my love. All I'm telling you now is turn to the left. Just get to the left. That's all. All I'm telling you now is write the proposal. All I'm telling you right now is write the book. I'm not telling you about where the finances are coming from for the book launch and everything. I'm not telling you where the finances are coming from for for your Christian merchandise or whatnot. I'm not telling you where the, the money is coming from for you to go for an interview. All I'm asking you is send that CV. Start writing. Record the podcast. Open the YouTube channel. Start writing. Start speaking. All I'm telling you is that be obedient to what I'm telling you because I know exactly where I'm leading you to. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. Working closely with the Holy Spirit will not only give you direction, but it will remind you that you are not alone because you are never working alone when you work with the Holy Spirit. Firstly, God is not distant. He is with you in difficult times and is continuously making a way for you. And we need, we'll speak about how you hear God's voice, I think, in our next season. And please watch out for that podcast because then it will help you learn more on how to, or to follow the Spirit's, uh, the Holy Spirit's leading. How does He speak to you? How does God speak? How do I hear His voice when He's speaking to me? It's something that we'll get to into the, like the next seasons of this podcast. And the last one that I would like to share with you is wait on the Lord. The Holy Spirit, you know, would lead you to what you should do. Sometimes what you need to do is just wait. 
And I know we don't like waiting. Some of us are very impatient. We do not like waiting. Faithfully continue to seek the Lord. But wait on his timing. You know, it reminds me of the first uh, work of Jesus in ministry. At, I think that's when he was 33 years old. Uh, when he, they went to the wedding where he turned the water into wine. And his mother said, they have run out of wine. And he said, woman, it's not my time yet. And in that... I see Jesus saying, I know I have the ability to do. I know what I've been called to do, but I need to wait for my timing. I need to wait until God releases me and tells me now is my time. Sometimes seek the word of God, yes, seek the Lord. But all you need to do is wait on God. Wait until God tells you it's a green light. You can move now. Don't just get out of your job because it's uncomfortable for you. No. There's a reason why God placed you in that job. There's a reason why God placed you in that workplace. There's a reason why God placed you in that family. There's a reason why God gave, gave you that difficult person as a friend. There's a reason why he did that. We don't just run like run out and run out of things and decide I'm going to quit on things because things are not easy on us. No. Seek the Lord and wait until the God says, now you move. Wait on him to act on your behalf. Wait on him, on him to lead the way, to prepare the way for him. Wait on him to do what you cannot do yourself. In the book of Isaiah, we see God responding to the Israelites who thought that God has turned away from them. And he reminds them that he, not, he does not sleep or take a break. He always sees them and is always working for them. And we see that in Isaiah 40 uh, verse 31, it says, they, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God will help you wait with endurance. And waiting on the Lord reminds you that you are not in control. And that's the most humbling part about being a believer. And thank God I don't need to be in control because I never want to be controlled. I will mess it up. That's the truth. God is bigger than any of your circumstances and he will sustain you and grow your faith in the waiting. God is never going to neglect you, neglect your life. Even if he seems like he's silent, Remember his promise that he's always hearing your prayers and responding. And silent is also a response. Sometimes God is silent because he's waiting for us to be silent so that he starts speaking. You know, I always say some of us, you know, you pray to God. And then after you pray to God, you rush out of moments of prayer and i'm like god didn't even start speaking to you and you want to rush out already and that is why i always say for a believer you can't have i have 30 minutes for me to do my devotion how do you even do that because what if on the 30th minute god starts giving you instruction and insight and understanding and revelation and by then you are already rushing out of prayer sometimes you literally just need to sit and listen to god That was the last point I have to share with you. I hope today's podcast has strengthened you in a way. I hope today's podcast has encouraged you. I hope today's podcast is one that has brought and reignited your faith again. Like, I hope that you trust in God in your process. You trust in God in your difficult times. Whatever season you are going through, that you trust God, sorry, excuse me, in those moments of wilderness. And I hope... 
that with this podcast, please share it with another person. I hope it's going to be something that will assist you in your walk of faith. And may God be with you. And from me, your host, see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here. Please don't comment to share. Share your thoughts with us and share the podcast with other people. Bye from myself and have a great week ahead.